You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky. College of Arts and Sciences podcast. In room 33 of the ChemPhys building, you'll find UK's Laboratory for Nuclear Magnetic Resonance Spectroscopy, or NMR for short. In this podcast, Anne Frances Miller, the director of the facility, talks about how NMR works, how UK researchers make use of it, and about her own research on enzyme mechanics. I'm Anne Frances Miller. I'm a professor in the chemistry department. We study catalysis of chemical reactions by enzymes in your body, and we use nuclear magnetic resonance as well as other techniques to do so. And so you are the director of the NMR facility here at UK, right? Yep. What is nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy? This is a means of collecting signals from the nuclei of atoms. And so we don't have to modify materials or insert probes. We can literally spy on the atoms that are there anyways. We take advantage of the fact that many atoms have magnetic moments. So they respond to magnetic fields. And then if we put the molecules in a magnetic field, we can detect basically radio frequency signals from the nuclei that tell us what environment the nuclei are in, what mobility the nuclei have, and what chemical compounds they belong to. So we can learn by looking at the urine of an athlete, what the person has been eating recently. We could detect disease states. We can look for impurities in river water. I will look at the proteins that keep chemistry going in your body and learn why a given protein might not be doing the correct chemistry or why a person with a disease might be accumulating some metabolite and failing to excrete it. We can learn about how proteins fit together or maybe don't fit together. And all these things we can see through the uh, nuclei, the atoms, in the molecules, in the sample. These things are there anyway, so we are not actually perturbing the sample at all. We can consider this an honest report of what's in the sample. Who do you find most often using the NMR facility, and who is it open to? Oh gosh, all kinds of people come in. So we have food scientists and soil scientists and pharmaceutical scientists and biological chemists and structural biologists and chemical engineers, and we of course also have chemists. And we welcome anyone who has a use for nuclear magnetic resonance. The instrumentation we have is really very diverse and the attitude is one that we would in fact welcome a chance to figure out what can be done to answer a good question. And you teach instrumentation courses for the facility, right? So in this fall I will be teaching a hands-on nuclear magnetic resonance course where all the participants in the course will run the instrumentation. We will have sort of 10 to 12 NMR experiments that comprise probably 90% of what a chemist needs to be able to do, and space in the syllabus for a few requests. And students will get to set up the experiment, process the data, analyze the data, interpret it, and we'll have hands-on assignments that intentionally produce the more common bloopers so that people can, re- can diagnose them in the field without accidentally publishing something embarrassing later. The idea is to make people smart spectroscopists. Is that a 
graduate level course or for undergraduates? It is uh, a 500 level course, so we can have both. And I believe in the fall I will have undergraduates in the class. You have your own research group, is that correct? Yeah. So we look at proteins in human bodies and basically the bodies of all living organisms that act as catalysts. They accelerate chemical reactions. They can accelerate these reactions by up to 19 orders of magnitude. So the reaction in your body can occur 10 to the 19 times faster than it would without catalysis. And this is crucial because some of the chemical reactions upon which our body relies would have half times longer than the age of the universe. And so we would not be able to mobilize energy fast enough to escape a saber-toothed tiger or to grow on the time scale we do fix wounds or, or think complex thoughts. We are very energy intensive animals and this is possible because we have these fabulous catalysts that make energy available from food really fast. Um, they also of course make the diverse signaling molecules that enable complex behavior and tissue differentiation and basically make us the things we are. What do you feel is a long-term goal of your research? I would like to see enzymes used much more broadly in synthesis and waste recycling than they are now. They are superb catalysts, they're very clean catalysts, they're renewable catalysts, they're inherently non-toxic, and the possibility of using chemicals more efficiently without the organic solvents, the expensive inorganic catalysts, the toxic reagents, I think would enable us to still produce fine chemicals with high purity, but in a much less energy intensive, less waste intensive way than we do now. Gentle to the environment. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Chemistry for making this podcast possible.